Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our third month of NetIP Spotlight, Live Your Potential, where we invite guest experts to speak on a variety of trending topics that matter to you. I'm Jasmine Alavalia, your host, and I want to warmly welcome you to our show this evening. I know everyone's crazy busy these days and appreciate your investing your valuable time in joining us this evening. To give you a lay of the land, our guest speaker and I will be discussing his insights for about 20, 25 minutes. And I'd like to give everyone a heads up that after about those 20, 25 minutes of discussion, you'll have the opportunity to ask him any questions that you might have. So with that said, let's jump in. Today's guest speaker is Drew Bihari Lal. After graduating from law school in 2008, Drew shifted his professional focus to project management and training. An aspiring Renaissance man, Drew has studied graphic design, writing, in the creative arts, social dynamics and human interaction, public speaking, client management, seminar and training, design and delivery, and professional and academic development. After developing specific interests in human excellence, Drew made it a point to study and learn as much as he could about human psychology and behavior, neurolinguistic programming, and body language. And in 2013, in the spirit of personal development, Drew founded Delta Learning, Inc., a company devoted to professional, social, and personal growth and the pursuit of human excellence. Drew currently serves as a VP of NetSAP DC and CEO of, of Delta Learning, Inc., client advocate at Dell, and is in the process of starting Shakti Real Estate Investors, a real estate investment company. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you, Justine. I'm happy to be here. So what a fascinating bio. You know, given the diversity of your professional experiences, I wanted to start off by asking you to share any guidance you may have for our listeners you know, from your own experience regarding career transitions as well as taking risks and detours in one's career. Sure. I mean, just to start off, I mean, it depends on where you are in your career. Generally, uh-huh. the earlier you are in your career, the more likely you are to take risks. From zero, zero to six years or so, you can you can take more risks and kind of pursue more opportunities based on what you want. Um, seven to ten years is a more medium risk time. With ten plus years, typically people tend to be more wedded to their jobs and their their companies because they've been there for so long and their retirement will vest. But generally, I mean, the younger you are in general, I feel like the, the more risk you're able to take because you, you can bounce back from it a lot a lot easier and explain a lot more about it. The key really is just finding out what you really want to do and what you want to do for for kind of the rest of your life. Gone are the days where you're with one company for your entire life. That, like our parents' generation, that was what they did. Yeah. They got a job in, in their 20s, and they, they worked that way till retirement or before. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's all about it's all about detours and transitions. I mean, yeah. ask anyone yeah. who has, has a job one year, two years from now, you don't have the same job, right? Um, sure. That's just the way it is nowadays. But it, the important thing to remember is if you don't ask for, for whatever you want, whether it's a 
more money or a different position or, you know, put yourself forward, the answer is always going to be no. I know that's a great point. You just, some, it just is about asking at some, sometimes, and I think people hold themselves back at that point even and just don't ask, don't do the ask, basically. So I think um, some great points. So in addition to the professional and personal development company you founded, I understand you're in the process of starting a real estate investment company. Um, you know, from, from your experience, what are the greatest challenges of founding companies from ground up? And, you know, for those people who are considering starting their own company, any suggestions, as to, any suggestions, anything to keep in mind um, with respect to, you know, going out on your own and starting your own venture? Sure. I mean, I, I, would, I would encourage anyone who has an interest in becoming an entrepreneur to do so, especially nowadays, um, you know, with companies in the, the market the way it is. I mean, it's, it's actually better to go out on your own and do what you want to do. But that being said, there are some serious challenges. I mean, first of all, you have to know the, the three questions I always ask, which is who, why, and how. Um, who is, is very, very important. I mean, 95% of all businesses that start fail in the first year. One of the major reasons is because of partners. Um, you have to select, be very selective on who you partner up with. I mean, uh, sure. I, I myself made the mistake of partnering with, with friends just for the sake of – because they're my friends. Um, ah, and yeah. that, didn't, that, didn't turn out, that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. Um, Luckily, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of an investment at that point in time, and we kind of we, we worked things out. But not everyone's that lucky. Um, so be very, very selective um, in who you partner up with, who you choose to take, take on with you, because at the end of the day, it's your company, and whatever they do, your company name is online, and the buck stops with you in that sense, right? Sure, absolutely. So the Please. second question would be why, as in why you're doing uh-huh. it. Um, you have okay. to ask that question because you have to know what your goals and what your beliefs are. Um, money alone is not going to be a good reason. Sure, we all want to be financially independent. We all want to want to have you know create a life a life for ourselves, security for our families or for ourselves. Um, but at the same time, you can't just expect it to be okay. I'm going to start a business doing something I hate that makes a lot of money um, because yeah. that's all you're going to be doing. You know, you're not going to be working a nine to five. This is your business. You're going to be working a nine to the next morning at nine again. So <laughs> exactly, you're always working. Right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and then the last and, thing is the uh, how. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, go, no, please, go ahead. Um, yeah. Go ahead, yeah, no, how. Yeah. The, last thing is the, the last thing is just the how. Um, you want to know how you're going to get there. You want to have a plan laid out. Now, things, things always aren't, aren't, aren't always going to go according to plan, but you want to at least have a, have a general plan of how things, of how things you, how things, you want things to fall. And once you get that plan in, in action, you're going to have to make adjustments here and there. But as long as you have a plan of where you want to go, and how you want to get there, and have patience. Importantly, um, that's where you want to be. So you want to, and you, and create a power team of, of advisors, people who are selective um, in their own circles as well, and experienced, and they will be able to advise you as, as far as where you want to be. Oh, I think that's great. Having a board of advisors is something with, with skills complementary to your own. You can really complement your own and skill sets that you may not have to really add that value as you're beginning and. That's, I think that's, that's some great advice. So who, why, and how. Let me ask you about the who. Cause I really can appreciate how important it is if you're going to partner up with someone that you choose that partner very selectively. Um, mm-hmm. Any suggestions to someone who is, you know, choosing in the midst of possibly thinking through different people who may be, you know, viable partners for them as to sort of some, some considerations to take into mind sure. for that? Sure, I mean, that's yeah. a great question. And, and, and actually, you hit on one of the major ones, which is that uh, you want to get someone 
who who shares your values on one hand, on one hand, but also can complement the way you work. I mean, you want someone if you know the if you know business really well, you want someone who who has has innovation, who has ideas, who can really you know kind of be, be very stimulative in, as far as generating ideas of ways to improve the business overall and create products and create services. If you if you, on another side you're very you're very creative and you have a lot of ideas of things you want to do, you want to get someone who knows the business because um, you know you don't you don't necessarily know your way around all the financials and all the different markets and that kind of thing. One great example sure. is uh, is. Is, Walt, is Disney. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but Walt Disney actually was, he was obviously the creative mind behind everything, but uh, his mm-hmm. brother, his older brother, Roy Disney, if he was, it wasn't for him, he was the one who actually created the corporation had with all the financials and all that kind of stuff. And if that didn't happen, Disney would have been nothing but an artist. Interesting. I actually didn't know that, sir. That is very, very interesting. And I think that happens a lot in terms of having sort of the idea person and then the execution person. So, um, yep. excellent, really solid. Um, so now switching gears to personal development here, tell us, and, you know, I'm, I think these skills, I'm not sure, you know, I believe you probably agree, so these skills are very transferable between personal and professional, but in terms of personal oh, yeah. development, so, yeah, tell us about the importance of being present to strengthen relationships. Thanks. Sure. I mean, um, being present is, I can't, I can't overstate how important that is, honestly. Um, okay, it's yeah. Just, it's probably one of the most important things. People say communication and trust are very important, but being present is actually how you build trust and how you have communication. Without being present, you won't communicate effectively. You know, you, so if you're not attentive, if you don't listen to what the other person is saying, and if you're not open to listening to taking that, that's that person's, you know, that person's perspective into, into consideration, you're not going to be able to communicate properly. You're not going to see their point of view. Um, I always tell all my clients and all my friends uh, that, I can, that I can live in the now. You know, if you waste... Time thinking about the past or the future is, is wasted. I mean, planning is great, but don't get caught up in it. You know, you can, you can think about the future for for your entire life if you want to, and you're going to miss the present. So another thing that I tell people about, about relationships as well, especially, is that you don't want to project past pain or past insecurities or, or past experiences on, on anyone in the present because they may not be the ones who actually caused that pain in, in, in the past or who have, you know, been there with you in the past. They, they could – they're – totally innocent in that sense sometimes and you end up being like okay well this person said x y and z and that triggers a certain memory that i have of another person in the past that's not fair to the person in the present so you have to be present and and take things for what they are right now and not for what you think they are ah i cannot agree with you more you know i I, you know the idea of the next guy the next woman has nothing to do with the last in that sense or Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think that's wonderful um, advice. And it's so interesting how, you know, it just struck me how you said, you know, being present in terms of building trust. And I think, like, you know, like we had said in terms of the transferability of these skills, personal to professional, professional, personal, building a company and, you know, having your team have trust. And going back to what you said about the why, you know, having a team, you know, own your goals and beliefs as well, and then, you know, building trust mm-hmm. with your team, it all seems, do you find a lot of transferability? But, you know, I know since your company does deal with the personal and professional development both, do you find yourself um, with the clients that you're dealing with, personal and professional, almost talking the same language, just in the different oh, yeah. fields of, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, okay. There, there's so much overlap. It's, it's unbelievable, actually. I mean, what, what, each each corporation, each company, really is, is like a, like a person in itself. It, doesn't, it has its own yeah. beliefs, it has its own personality. I mean, what works for one company won't necessarily work for another company as far as success, right? Same thing with a person. Absolutely. And I think people miss that sometimes that they realize that 
you know, they go, they get caught up with the services that the company offers or, you know, or the interest that a person has, but being able to communicate those interests and being able to communicate those beliefs that a company has as well as a person are almost as important as the interests themselves and the beliefs of themselves. And, you know, people get caught up in that a lot. And I think that's something that people need to realize that it's, it's, it's more about communication and more about, like you said, being present and knowing that you have to be in the moment and live in right now. Excellent. Now, from your experience and expertise in professional, again, professional and personal development, what's the one thing, the topmost thing that um, you are, that, you know, you could be neglecting that could improve your life dramatically? What might that be from your experience? Well, a lot of people don't realize it, but they neglect themselves. Just being, I mean, everyone, people okay. take a lot of time. I mean, look, look at everyone's day. I mean, take a, take a look at your Google calendar or your work calendar. And sure. tell me how many how many events you have in there that are just for yourself. Time do you have set aside for yourself in, in those in those calendars? I can guarantee you that most people don't have any time set aside for themselves, even just for reflection. So a lot of times I have clients who will talk about, oh, you know, how do I know what to talk about on a date? You know, what what how sure. do I know what that girl, what this girl wants to talk about? What, what she what she has? What she, I feel like I'm gonna be boring to this girl or to this guy. And my, my answer is always the same. It's it's why do you think you're going to be boring? If you're interested in it, then it doesn't matter if they're interested in it or not. If they're not interested in it, that's the whole point of dating, is to figure out who is a, is a good match or not. And if that person's not interested in what you're interested in, then you've, you've rooted them out. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You're not wasting your time or their time, right? So go, so do what you yeah. want to do. I mean, go out go out to places that you want to go. Don't don't think about, oh, where am I going to find, uh, where where do girls hang out or where do guys hang out? I'm going to go there. Well, if you don't have an interest in being there, you're not going to be happy there. You're not going to look happy. And when you talk to someone there, then they're going to see that you're not actually having a good time there. So why would you want to have, have, have a bad time just to be like, oh, well, I'm going to meet, I might meet someone there. So my, my advice is definitely take chances. You know, experience new things all the time. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that. But if you don't have an interest in doing something, don't do it. Don't waste your time. Time is so precious that you can be spending it with doing something so much more fun and chances are other people will be doing those fun things too that you, that you can share interests with. And if some, you meet someone there, those are going to be the bonds that last. I think that makes complete sense. And you know what I find, and I, you know, with our work, what I find too is, you know, when you're truly excited about something, there's an energy to that. So I, you know, mm-hmm. I may not even be interested in a topic, but if someone really is, you almost feed off that energy. So I do not think you can go wrong by expressing what you're passionate about, regardless of what it is. So I, I completely, um, absolutely. Well, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us. It's been really interesting. And I'm wondering if you have any last thoughts or message you'd like to share with our listeners before we jump into Q&A and give our listeners a chance to, uh, to ask you questions directly. I mean, just to go off the last question a little more, um, like you said, there's an energy, and then that energy is very infectious. So always pursue your interests and your, your passions. I tell everyone that. Um, always pursue your passions and take some time out every day, 15, 5, 10, start with 10, 5 or 10 minutes. I mean, I think everyone, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, anyone, you can take 5, 10 minutes out of your day just in quiet and just relax and reflect on yourself and where you want to be and what you want to be known for. That's a question I always ask people, like, what do you want to be not, not what are Not what are you good at now, not what are you – Great at later. We're not what do you hate? What do you you know? Just what do you want to be known for? When you hear people talking about you, if you could be invisible, what would you want them to say about you? Then act accordingly, and then that will, will work out work itself out. 
I love that. What do you want to be known for? Oh, I love that. So, all right, everyone, now's your chance to ask Drew any questions which may have come up for you. Um, and to remind everyone, if you have a question, please press 1, and we'll go ahead and take your question. So um, go ahead and do that, and I am going to go to the first question right here. So, hi, this is Justina. Hi, how are you? Um, Drew, I had a question about something you mentioned in the interview sure. about asking, like, perhaps your boss um, for a raise or asking for, you know, more responsibilities in that kind of realm. I'm curious mm-hmm. to know, um, for example, with my boss, uh, she's asked me maybe uh, quite a few times about if I am happy in my role, if I like what I'm doing. Um, and, like, I feel like that's – I wonder where the boundaries are in that question because I don't – I'm not actually happy with, with what I'm doing, and it's fairly a new job. So okay. I, I'm kind of, like, in a pickle on what to do. And I, I know she's kind of said that, you know, I can definitely expand my role in the future and, and do all these other things. Um, which is great, but I also feel bad saying, oh, I'd rather, like, be in that department. So I'm, I'm kind of lost on, like, where to take this and how to do it to, uh, like, for my benefit. Like, where can I go with this? And where is the boundary of what I can and can't say without, like, getting in trouble or getting fired? Or I guess that's what my fear is. So. Sure. No, of course. I mean, and that's a fear actually a lot of people have, believe it or not. When they start a new job of any kind, whether they're with the same company or a new company, that that's that's, a, that's an issue that, that they have. Um, so, First of all, I mean, your relationship with your with your boss. I mean, is it is she a new boss? Is she a boss you've had before? Someone you've known before? She's a new boss. So I started in August. So it's fair, it's a fairly new relationship. Okay, so you didn't know her before that. So your rapport no. with her is pretty pretty weak in general. Well, I mean, you can tread lightly. I mean, I definitely don't don't be like I hate my job. I can't stand it, obviously. But <laughs> be but but be be as honest as you can be. I would I would say be as honest as you can be. That they're they're not going to fire for not they're not going to fire you for not enjoying your job. Um, that's something that, that, that a lot of people don't don't. I mean, I, I've missed it in the past as well. I mean, I've made the mistake of not saying anything, and you just end up unhappy. And she's probably asking the question because it's a new role, because she wants to see how you fit in that role. And if yeah. she's a good manager, which some people actually nowadays are trying to be good managers, there are a lot of bad ones out there. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but some people some people try to be good managers, and part of that is making sure that your subordinates are developing what they want to develop or where they want to develop. And on top of that, you got to see it from her perspective too. If you're not happy with what you're doing, with what you're doing, you're not going to do it as well as if you would be happy. So she wants you to be productive and be effective at what you're doing. So if you could be happier somewhere else that she can fit you in, she'll work on trying to do that. If she's a, mm-hmm. again, if she's a good manager, but I would say start with, with start with talking talking to her about it. Get the conversation to begin, and you know be 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 honest, but don't again don't go all the way if you don't feel comfortable, and that's fine. But just start the conversation in such a way that, you know, you're, you're, you're cautious, but just be honest, as, as honest as you can be. And that's, that's the way to start because you don't want to – you're hurting yourself right now because you're not enjoying what you're doing. And the chance of you moving to a different job is zero if you don't talk to her about it. Right. Yeah. But if you do talk to her about it, there's a 50-50 chance. Maybe, maybe she'll be like, oh, well, you know what, another position is over here that we can – might be able to fit you in more, and you might enjoy that a lot more. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I actually had another question as well. I know you mentioned about following your interests and passions, and I strongly believe in that too, um, but I often get asked, and I wanted to ask you as well, um, what if people don't necessarily 
realize or, or really have an idea of what their interests or passion are. They're just like, well, I don't know what my passion, what I'm passionate about. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious on how I can reply to those people as long as just know your inside about that for myself too. That's that's a great question, and that comes up a lot, honestly. Um, unfortunately, yeah. that question could take could take days or months to answer. But I can the short answer <laughs> I can give you is sure. that 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 personal reflection time I talked to you about earlier I mentioned on the call that's going to yeah. be very key to that. A lot of times, what happens is you know, especially in today's world, I mean, we're, we're if you think about it, we're pushed to to go to school to go to, when we finish high school, we're pushed to go to college. When college, sometimes you get pushed to go to grad school or med school or law school. And there's no real time to reflect and, hey, do I really want to do this? Or do I, what do I really want to do? There's not a lot of room, especially in our culture, right? It's, it's, it's very mm-hmm. go, 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 be successful. Oh, get, oh you're successful, get married. <laughs> it's right. not like, you know, there's no room to be like, well, let me take, some, take, a, take a month or take even a, a day to figure out what I want to do. So that 15 or 20 minutes that you take every, every day, that reflection time will allow you some more insight into into your own psyche, into what really you want to do, and it, it, your your mind will wander for a while, and then after a while, it's, it's a meditation type type thing. But I mean, it, it's not it's not purely meditation because you're you're just kind of letting your mind go a little bit. You're just kind of relaxed and trying to reset, and that alone will will allow you to get with some more clarity as far as what you really want to do. Um, another another idea that I tell my, my clients is that if you enjoy doing something like a hobby or something like that. And, and I mean, not all hobbies can be professions, obviously, but if you enjoy having, if you have a hobby that you really enjoy, try to ask yourself, what about that hobby do you really enjoy? Or if you have several hobbies that have something in common, try to find something in common, a base, you know, at the core of those hobbies and really figure out, you know what, is there a career in this that I could do? And if not, then that's fine. You can keep looking, but that's a, that's a question worth answering. There's a reason you have these hobbies. There's a reason that we all have our hobbies or interests. And we are internal dialogue knows that answer. We have to just engage that dialogue. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have one more follow-up now that you said something that triggered my interest. I was also curious. So now I'm in reflection time, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then now what comes up is, you know, maybe what I think I want, but then also what I was taught to want. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I guess I also struggle sometimes personally, and I know a lot of people um, definitely struggle with that. It's like, do I really want this or do I want this because that's what everyone else is doing or what I was mm-hmm. taught to want when I was younger? Like, do you have any advice on how to, like, know the difference between one or the other? Just ask the questions. Ask the same questions you just asked just now. Like, why do I want this? What do I want? What, what, will, what, will, what will, Yeah, what would this accomplish? What, what, what would mm-hmm. me getting this degree or get, getting this, this certification or, or getting this job or doing whatever it is that I'm doing, what will this accomplish in my life? Is it, will, will, can I see myself being happy? with this thing or happier with this thing in my life, whatever it is. And if, if I can see myself being happy with it, then okay, great. But if, if, I, if it's like, well, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I can go either way. Is it really something that I want? Is it really something that my parents want? Is it something my friends all have? And I'm just like, oh, well, it'd be nice to have just so I can have a conversation piece. You know, that's right. also something that happens sometimes because, you know, we, we all have friends who have certain things. And when they all have and we don't, we, we feel left out. It's natural. It's human nature. So, that's that's something you have to ask yourself. It, it, again, that's about the, the internal dialogue. If you create that dialogue with yourself, you're going to be able to engage yourself and realize what do I really want and what's really important to me versus what's important to everyone else in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that's what I'm reflecting to do. <laughs> we all do. Awesome. We always do. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for I appreciate it. All right. We're going to go to the next 
question, and it looks like it's from 201. Welcome, caller. Hi. Thank you, Justina. Uh, Drew, thank you very much for taking the time. The conversation was very insightful. Uh, you yeah. mentioned uh, the importance of choosing the right partners uh, when you mm -hmm. plan to start your business. Uh, the question I have is, how do you know whether you need partners? That's a good question. That's a good, very good question. So the thing is, when you're getting into any kind of business, I mean, you want to start off doing some research on, on what, what kind of business it is, obviously, right? And as you do the research, you'll, you'll, you'll see gaps in your, in your knowledge. You'll, you'll see competitors and see what they're doing. And if you ask yourself questions like, okay, well, how are they doing this? Or what are they doing for this or that? And you realize, oh, I don't know the answer to that question. And it's not readily Googleable necessarily. So you start, then you start reaching out to people in general. And my, my advice in general is, is, is for those kind of things is always, always start off asking people questions. Don't necessarily in, engage people as partners in, at the, as the first question, obviously. Just start asking questions. Um, any business owner or you know, any person who is an entrepreneur won't have a problem asking, answering questions of, about, about you know, how they got started, what, what, their, what their first steps were, those kind of things. And those are very basic things that anyone will answer. So start off with those questions. And as you ask those questions of people in your life in general, more questions will come up. And if you find yourself ha having a lot more questions come up that you can, than you can answer or more than you feel like, okay, you know what, I don't want to ask this person a thousand questions. It's not the SAT. You know, so then <laughs> what happens then is you just you can you can just say you know what I, maybe I do need to bring someone else in on on this and figure out what what I need to do. And again, bringing people into your business doesn't mean you have to bring them in as partners necessarily. They can just be advisors as well. But the important thing is when you bring in people who are advisors, you got to bring in people who you trust and people who know what they're talking about, and you have to actually listen to them. That's that's the tough tricky part. If you don't listen to them, then there's no point in them them being there, is there? Right, of course, and that, that's a very fair point. And it sounds like there's there's a, a strong balance uh, that need that needs to be struck between trust and experience uh, when you are mm -hmm. choosing these partners. Or of course, of course. Thank you so much. No problem. Yes. Uh, Thanks for your question. And our next question is from area code eight four seven. Welcome, caller. Uh, hey, how's it going? Um, thank you for your time. I have a question regarding. Um, so I just uh, finished business school, mm -hmm. and um, in my group, like, I'm one of the younger guys there, and um, what I'm trying to, like, learn how to do is kind of exert influence without honestly having the title or, like, the authority given to me, because uh, I want to kind of build my credibility at the company and try to show that I have strength and capabilities, but, you know, people that I work with are older than me, and so they don't have an official, like, manager title. I was wondering if there's, if there's ways or advice you can give to someone who's relatively young in their, like, tenure at a company but wants to exert, like, more influence around people and kind of start almost, like, developing manager skills without actually having that title. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, that's a great question. I get that, I get that a lot, actually, from my clients. Um, one great way to do that, and it's a very simple way that a lot of people overlook, is body language. Um, if you're walking into a room and you look, look around, you can tell who the higher-level executive is and just, by the, just by the way that they're sitting or the way that they're, they're standing or the, the way that they walk, honestly. Um, if you start emulating those higher-level executives and the way you behave, that's one very, very subtle way but effective way that people will start re regarding you differently. Um, the way you carry yourself is very, very powerful. I think people will realize that. Um, also, I mean, the way, the way you dress, not, I mean, obviously I'm not saying, I don't know, you, so I don't know if how you dress, but um, if you dress, dress for the position you want, not the, not the position you're actually in. 
Um, a lot of times people will will ask, you know, why why am I wearing a suit to to a job? I mean, I I see clients on a daily basis, but I mean, I don't have to necessarily wear a suit. It's because I I value myself at that level that I feel like I have an image to protect, and I, that I want my clients to see feel like they're being seen by someone who's professional, right? So the same kind of idea. You're a professional. You it shows not just you're not trying to show off. You're just saying this is this is what I think about myself. The way I, my appearance is how I feel about myself. Um, and if you want if you want to educate yourself, feel free to also jump into a lot of audiobooks. Kindle has a lot of great um, Kindle and Audible has amazing amazing resources that you can listen to on the on the ride to and from work, and they really educate you really well. And when you when you feel like you you can contribute, jump in. Don't be afraid to jump in and talk to things because that's how you get noticed. That's how higher-level executives or higher-level anyone in your company will notice, like, oh, you know, that, that guy actually knows who he's talking about. He, you know, I, I'll, I'll value his input in the future, even if, even if he is young. Now, that will make you some enemies, obviously, because people who are older will feel more threatened by you, but that's a different conversation overall. For now, like, that's, that's a good place to start. That's great. Um, Claire, just one, one last, last question. Um, another area that I think my company um, sometimes struggles with is kind of giving advice about how to deal with, like, difficult colleagues or essentially conflict resolution. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, there's, there's, my, my job requires that, you know, we be very creative and innovative and out-of-the-box out thinking, and that can cause, like, I guess you can call it creative friction because people will think mm-hmm. that their ideas are more, you know, deserve more time or more attention or are more, you know, are just better than others. Uh, do you have yep. advice on just how to handle, you know, I guess confrontational colleagues or just, you know, friction in the workplace to make sure that you're maintaining friendships and not, you know, ostracizing yourself or causing, you know, problems in the, in the place. You don't want to, like, develop a bad reputation. So sure. any advice around just, like, how to deal with conflict? Well, one thing, one thing is off the bat. I, I, want, I want you to be careful of, uh, of considering, not, not that it's bad to have work friends, but just be careful of drawing a line between having work, colleagues and coworkers versus friends. Uh, a lot of people will, will, won't draw that line, and that's, that's important to do because you want to make sure that you know they realize they respect you as a, as a colleague. And if you do, if you get promoted and, and they think you, that you're a friend, they'll take advantage of that. Um, but to, to your point, to what you said was um, that that's actually a much much longer conversation about difficult colleagues in general. But Small things you can do um, regarding the, the, what you said about, about ideas being heard. Um, acknowledge what they're saying. I mean, a, a lot of times people will say something and they want people to just, just even just acknowledge it, that they said it. And which you can be like, hey, you know, that, that's a really good idea. Acknowledge it. You know, that's a really good idea. I think that I think that's worth exploring. Why don't we hold that off until another discussion? Or, or it, it sounds dismissive, but believe it or not, people that let small little acknowledgement and. Acknowledging they said it, and then saying, "Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll address that later on, um, or a different meeting." Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that offline sometime. That that alone will, will will give that person a feeling of, "Hey, you know, I was heard. People people hear what I'm talking about." And then actually do address it with them. So, you know, after the meeting, call, go talk to them. Hey, you know, that's a really good idea. Let's talk about it more. And that will build their respect for you because they'll feel like, "Hey, you know, that guy actually listened to me. You know, he actually listened to what I said." And whether whether everyone else talked about it in the meeting or not, that guy actually knows what I'm talking about. He actually took the time to reach out to me about it. So just like small things like that will will really help in those kind of situations. But otherwise, I mean, it's it's really it's a really personality based uh, question, so it's hard to answer on on the on the phone about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely not. Thank you. That was that was good advice. Uh, thanks. No, thanks. No problem.
Great. Well, thanks for taking our listeners' questions, Drew. Um, what's, now, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you if they want to contact you in the future? Sure. Um, my email address is – email is probably the easiest way. Um, okay. My email address is drew at deltalearninginc.com. So, so that's D-H-R-U at deltalearninginc.com. And then our website's also www.deltalearninginc.com. So we also have a Facebook group that's connected to, to the NetApp call as well. And so, you know, we were posting on there all the time. We answer questions as often as we get them. So anything anyone needs, feel free to reach out. Be happy to help. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for your insights. Um, and thank you for answering um, our questions here. And, Anytime. Um, it's been a, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on. In case you joined us late, I would like to share the show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that a recording of today's radio show will be sent out. Appreciate you hanging out with us, and make sure to join us for next month's show. And we hope you'll be joining us at the 23rd Annual Net IP Conference this Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. Good night, everyone.